All right. I am actually here with one of my most favorite guests ever. And this is based on just the, the, uh, uh, the applause that I received um, from the podcast. So Dr. Mary Hemfield, Joseph, uh, thanks for doing three questions. Like the theme music? All right, so I asked, I asked uh, Dr. Mary here what her theme song would be, and this is what you chose. Let's see, if she walked in. And I always give the wrestling analogy. I like this one. Yes. This is, uh, that song is like legit everything <laughs> you share on social media, right? Like when I, because I, I didn't know the title of the song, but then I read the lyrics. Uh -huh. And that's like legit your message, right? It's powerful. It is. It's empowering. It's empowering. This is a, okay, who's, so it's Will I Am and who? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know the other. I had no I idea Will know. I Am was in that song. Like who's singing yeah, at the beginning? Yeah, produced it. Okay, okay. I, don't, I don't know who. <laughs> but it's good lyrics, yeah, I, I like it. Okay, the lyrics are amazing. <laughs> Well, hey, it's awesome to um, have you uh, for three questions. And I know um, this is actually, I just shared one of your quotes and we were talking about it before. And one of the reasons I think people really appreciated you uh, on the podcast and I think was really powerful is from your book, The One Minute Meeting. Uh, you say, when students are positioned to experience, discuss and analyze their experiences, learners, thinkers and stakeholders in school, in the school, change happens from the inside out. And I think that is just a really empowering message. And the, the three questions, and we talked about this before, it's the same three questions every week. Like I was wondering, like, is, was a teacher, because like what teacher inspired you that even that you think this way um, and really empowering students. So like when you look back at your educational career, who's a teacher that inspired you and why? Absolutely. So without a shadow of a doubt, the teacher who inspired me the most was my third grade teacher, Miss Sharon Melvin, who has since passed on. But when I walked into her classroom, it was so different than any other experience I'd ever had. She created a family with us in that in that room. She met us where we are as students. And she even in the it was the 90s, early late 80s, and she was literally getting rid of the box well before mm -hmm. anybody had started to coin that term. Um, when it came to teaching our multiplication tables, we were hands on the ground just trying to figure out like our nines times tables and our eights times tables. And she just, every single co content area, math, science, social studies, it came alive. And I did not know this then, but when I eventually ended up going um, and graduating from high school and becoming a North Carolina teaching fellow, I had the amazing opportunity to visit her classroom and to talk with her husband who just said the hours and the, the conversations and the materials that she created and put together. It was evident when I was a child that she not this was not a job for her, that she loved what she did. And again, I remember the lessons and I remember what I, what I gleaned from her, but more importantly, I remember that I belonged in her classroom. And I remember that she talked to us, not just about academics, but she talked to us about being good human beings. And this was well before SEL and socio-emotional learning came about. She was doing these things and instilling in us about the power of kindness, about the power of integrity, about how we should put our stake in the ground 
and be immovable when it came to being citizens when we left her classroom went on to fourth grade but also after we graduated um perhaps the most beautiful homage that i can pay to miss melvin and what she imparted to me not only inspiring me to become a teacher i knew after i knew before but she anchored that feeling for me that i wanted to be an educator is my senior year in college i was graduating i came home for spring break i got a call from the superintendent and he said can you come by my office i want to talk to you about a job and i said okay absolutely i was like do i have time to change he was like no i need you to come in the office now i want to talk to you he gives me a list and in the list were all of the schools in my in our my district that had vacancies and the one of the uh, classrooms was southwest elementary school which was the school i had gone to mm. third grade miss sharon melvin and beside her name it said retirement and he said which classroom would you like and i pointed to her name and i said i want that one and he's like it's yours so i got to visit her um, the day before she retired she had been teaching for 36 years and when i walked in she was like i heard this is going to be your classroom and she says, and I can't think of anything better to start your career than to leave you all of my materials, all of my books, all of my um, different certification and professional development manuals. And when she passed the baton to me and I was able to stand where she stood and teach and know that I was teaching students who had sat in desks that I had sat in and get, you know, manipulatives and literacy activities from books that had Melvin written on the binder. It was almost as if she was she was there and I wanted to continue to create that for students well beyond not just as a teacher, but eventually as an administrator, because when you create family, when you create culture for your students, they, they don't forget that they may forget their nines times tables every once in a while, mm -hmm. but they're never going to forget how you made them feel. And so um, I just am so grateful to her for everything she was, everything she did and to be able to continue to push her legacy. That is like, I could feel the, her presence while you were telling that, like, that was incredible. That, that was absolutely amazing for you to share that. And, um, it's, it's, I don't know if you realize this, but like that is all over you and your work, right? Like the things that she taught you in grade three and how amazing is that? Cause like when I'm reading your book, it's like a lot of those things that you live and you breathe and that you shared are it's just amazing the impact teachers can have that's that's absolutely, absolutely. incredible and, and just you. that you go went back to teach that's like yes kind of crazy it's a little bit crazy too incredible. right yes it was <laughs> and to to walk the halls and you know even to be in the teacher's lounge or to be in a staff meeting and you've walked past this as a child but to be back in the same building right. with the same smells and experiences and to be on the other side like I was honored to be able to mm -hmm. tell my children, like I sat in those desks, I played on this playground. Like I know what's out there, like let's get you pumped and ready for this. I think I think when I'm listening to you, I, you know, if I ever went back to like teach after a teacher, I think I'd want to teach after a really bad one. <laughs> I wouldn't, okay. I don't know if I'd want to follow that up. I'd be like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to follow yeah, that. Yeah, she set the bar high. <laughs> Very high. That's awesome. Okay, so the second question, and uh, this this one, I'm really interested in your answer because, it, it, and I really highly recommend anyone read uh, the one minute meeting, and you will see uh, Mary's just incredible leadership and just kind of the narrative. Like I felt when I was reading your book, 
you, it was like, you were giving me really good ideas. You gave like really good strategies, but I felt like you were walking me through a process and it was like, almost like I was in a story. Like I felt like kind of, it was like novel slash, you know, story, (laughs) but so like, I know from your work and from people that I know who know you, how incredible of an administrator are. So, you know, in your career, like who's an administrator that inspired you and, and, and why, and why, why did they inspire you so much? So, and again, I'm going to take like a backdoor approach to this because a lot of times in leadership, we elevate those examples that have just been amazing for us, which rightfully so. However, sometimes I believe those non-examples can just prove to inspire and elevate you to ask yourself, what if I had the opportunity and the resources, the wherewithal and the bandwidth to be the quintessential administrator, who would I be and why? And it's because I have lived through, as a teacher, I taught third and fourth grade for five years. And at that school, I had two administrators who believed strongly in micromanaging, who truly Mm. believed that their thumb had to be on every decision that happened within that building. And they also believed in a one size fits all, whether that meant a teacher reprimand or whether that meant a program or whether that meant student discipline. And so when you experience those things and you see the impact, not only on you, but you see it on your colleagues and you know that they have amazing and wonderful ideas, but that it's not going to benefit anybody because it's not going to get through the main office. Or you see children who you know the last thing they need to do is be suspended and you elevate that concern for sending that child back home and, and still they do it. Or you have these amazing ideas of collaboration and community for your, for your children. And with some tweaking and understanding from your administrator, you can make positive change happen academically and emotionally and, and physically for your children. And it just doesn't happen. You then land in a position where you say, where can I position myself? to be the type of administrator who does not even have an open door policy, but an open hallway policy, who understands that just as much as as students need individual education plans, teachers need individual professional development plans because we all come with different skill sets. So I will say that the, the administrators that did not think outside the box, that did not lead um, with with the sort of understanding that we all are as learners are in different places. They inspired me to when I got into that seat, when I got into that school, to be that administrator who was going to be able to shatter the status quo, to be able to leverage the necessary conversations with my superintendent, to have some type of permission to innovate, permission to sort of take tradition and turn it on its head in a way that the community desperately needed. And I'm honestly grateful for every single one of those experiences Mm -hmm. because they're etched into the fabric of the administrator that I was. And there's like, there's two big things for me when I'm listening to this story and how you're actually explaining it to me is that like, I, I would say as an administrator, I think I'm very comfortable saying this. I had an ego and I, I would say, I don't know you that well enough. You probably had an ego too. And the thing is, is that it's okay to have an ego, but understanding that you are limited in your ability to move people to go and do incredible things if you only limit it to yourself. And I think when you micromanage it, and so I felt like, hey, the, the, the more that I can actually really empower people and really bring them into the fold, I'm going to do better, right? Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, like I want to, like, I want to do really well too. 
And I think that like ego is not a bad thing unless you use it in a bad way. Do you know what I mean? And I think that that to me is like, as I'm listening to you, the other thing that I think is really powerful. And I say this all the time is that to the teachers that are listening and thinking, you know, like, I don't want to be a principal because I don't want to do that stuff. I'm like, you don't have to do that stuff. You're the principal. <laughs> you can kind of do what you want. Like, that's the beauty of the job, right? Like you have, yeah. and so I think to me, I always ask the question, like, would you want to be a student in your own classroom? But I also think, would you want to be a teacher on your own staff? And how do you create that? And you embody that in the sense that you're saying, look, I didn't like this stuff. So I'm going to make sure that I don't put teachers through that. And I think that's, I think that's the disconnect is that if you really want change, go do it, like go be that person as opposed to just complain. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And I, and you're like the embodiment of that too. Right. I love, I actually, I'm not going to lie. I was surprised by your answer, but oh, it, well, it, it also good. makes a lot of sense. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean? It's like, no, I hate that. So I'm going to go do something different. Totally. And, and, and thing is too, George, is that I was in a position where we did not have younger um, administrators, particularly who were female, particularly mm -hmm. who were persons of color. Mm -hmm. So when you go into this thing, which is sort of how the limitless leader kind of all started, is that the limited cap that society had on in terms of what they believe a principal mm -hmm. should be, do, see, look like, walk, step. I'm already right out of the game when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. So let's really make sure that we set the bar high for our children who are watching these models of leaders leading them in their educational journey. And let's give them something to talk about and remember and stand on when they get out of our school. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. And so the last, I'm, I'm really curious about this question because I, I always like to to um, ask this question is like, what do you look back at the beginning of your career and like, what advice would you give you? And I, I like look back in my career in like, oh, ooh, that was, I, that was bad. Like I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And yeah. then every time I talk to you, I'm like, there's no way you have that. There's no way you have like a, I shouldn't have done that. Like, cause I just, I'm blown away every time I talk to you. So there's gotta be something though, right? Absolutely. So. <laughs> There really is. And, you know, my first year teaching, again, I was in my dream classroom. I was, you know, doing all of the things. I believe that I wanted so badly for them to have, you know, the best looking classroom. I wanted them to have all of the resources and I wanted to make sure that I took them on journeys through story time and all these things. But I think the one thing, if I, if I could go back and do it differently, is I would remember that my third graders were human beings. Mm -hmm and not human doings. Mm -hmm. We in North Carolina, the third grade is the first year that you do the standardized tests. And so that test pass or fail kind of determines your trajectory through fourth grade, even a remedial fourth grade, if you don't pass it with a certain amount or a certain score, I would have taken more time to listen to their stories. I would have taken more time to do exactly like what I did as a principal that one-on-one -on -one to like listen to their concerns versus knowing, okay, I'm a first year teacher. I have to make the scores. I have to, you know, teach the test. That's my, they're my colleagues are, they're doing that type of thing. I would have taken more time to be able to allow them to express themselves outside of reading math, science, and social studies and simply have more fun. 
honestly. And I, and I got into that later, but by that time I was already sort of looking into administration, but I really would have just allowed them to tell their story and given them the power and the resources to really say, this is who you are. This is what you bring to the table. Yes, we're going to get you to the end of this third grade year, but truly let's celebrate who you are. I wish I had done more of that. Okay. So this is what I love about what you're just sharing. And I, it's actually why I was drawn to your work. And so why we connected is that we have a very similar belief system. And one of the things that you write about and what I talk about innovates out of the box is those connections, but you talked about all those things and how important they are, but you never get like, you never said, and don't even worry about scores. Like you still did, like when you actually, when you go through one minute meeting, you mm -hmm. actually, the focus of what you just shifted to and what you talked about actually improved your, your, okay. your scores too, but it wasn't like at the expense of, right. Mm -hmm. It was like, if you focus on who these kids are as people, then they'll actually feel more valued. They'll, you know, they're mm -hmm. going to go further for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Like, would you say that's like, that's kind of the whole premise? Like it's cause a lot of people think it's like an either or. No, it it is a both and, yeah. and we we didn't mention. Yes, I mentioned it a little bit in the book. However, our one minute meetings and creating these relationships and giving students the power to say, "Oh my goodness, you took our suggestion or you took my experience and you made it a part of the learning." The principle fades away when you create authentic and organic relationship, and they are the students are focused on the vision. The teachers are focused on getting them to the vision. Mm -hmm. The scores literally took care of itself because we actually made the students a part of this business of education. Right. And we put them at the table and said, help us see and do what it is you need us, what it, what it, is, what it is you're experiencing. Once we did that, it changed the game for everything. And we found that they were helping us improve our literacy scores. They were showing mm -hmm. us how we were approaching math and, and then giving myself and the teachers an, a platform to speak on it and actually make change to scheduling and timing and resources. It's powerful. Yeah. And that, and I just, just every time I talk to you, I'm just pumped. So it was awesome having you. I now have a new favorite song. Oh. <laughs> now, now that song is like, now every time I hear it, I'm like, yeah, that's Mary's song. That song. That's Mary's song. That's now that's, I didn't even know, like, I, did, I didn't know that was a Will I Am song. So, yeah. Mary, thank you so much for being here. And everyone, I'm telling you, get one minute meeting. It is blowing up. It's an incredible book. And you can see why we have an incredible leader. So, thanks for taking the time to listen. Thank you. Yeah, dance. <laughs>